This podcast contains scenes of a graphic and violent nature. Listener discretion is advised. Case number 001. Addendum A. 8th of Tishot. Year 976. Time. 0626. Patient 12. Vinyl Dinch. Knowingly exposed to Mavetaviridae Rivericon today at 6.13 through oral contact with his deceased sons. A preface before beginning observation. For reasons I cannot begin to imagine, I have been sworn to inaction by the patient. See the provided written agreement labeled Death Contract, no T. Signed by myself and witnessed by Niklaus Gavro, newly elected village elder. Do forgive any errors in spelling, grammar, and decorum. I was not permitted to edit the document lest I use my, quote, fancy city tricks on it. Look, he even spelled my name wrong. Randolph. There is no N in my name, you dragorious pune. A legal loophole that would no doubt exculpate me in any proper court of law. But given that the nearest library is over thirty kilometers away, I shall uphold the spirit of the document, if not the letter, jumbled as they are. Besides, the closest thing to a court of law in this place likely involves the reading of sheep's intestines. I am entering the observation room now. The door will be locked behind me to prevent further spread of infection. And I shall not be permitted to leave until patient twelve is deceased. There is, of course, no guarantee that he is infected, or that he will die. Time will tell, I suppose. Let us hope that boredom doesn't kill me before Mavette can kill him. Case number 001, Addendum A, continues. Ninth of Tishot. Time, 0537. After 23 hours, 11 minutes, patient 12 has succumbed to the initial infection. While recordings of my interview with the patient do exist, they are deeply personal and provide little in the way of data. I shall spare you the sentiment and him the embarrassment. All outward signs point to his death. Peripheral edema... Cyanosis, and a total lack of response to stimuli of any kind. Sporadic clotting has already led to tissue decay in lower extremities, and liver failure has brought on jaundice, granting a xanthus hue to his already extreme lividity. If I were a less educated man, I would advise his spiritual leader to break out the honey and call in the family for a kiss goodbye. But, in truth, Patient 12 is merely comatose. Using my aneroid manometer, designed by Ferald Gibbs in 943, and first constructed by Theonid Bors in 961, I was able to gather a blood pressure reading of 45 systolic, 30 diastolic. It is only through this device that I was able to detect a pulse at all. 12 beats per minute. A reading that should be impossible. By all rights, he should be dead and yet minimal life signs do persist. I have restrained patient 12, and taken precautions to prevent any further casualty, 
or self-harm in the violence of the coming stages. I shall begin recording if I note any change. Case 001, addendum A, 9th of Tishot, 9.76, time 11.52. Patient 12 has begun to show signs of reanimation. I was awakened by gentle moans, which I pray were his first signs of progression. I passed out like a fool. I will likely never know if there were other indications. If I had not been so stubborn, I might have allowed Ian to sit in. But the boy is too young for so macabre task as standing vigil over the rotting dead. <sighs> and thirty-four hours without sleep would try a saint a quarter of my age. I must not be so hard on myself. When I finally awakened, I attached the aneroid manometer. Blood pressure has risen from sixty-one over forty at time of initial measurement to eighty-one over fifty-four, possibly due to the proximity of living flesh. Lividity has receded some. Judging by the action in the upper extremities, the patient is likely suffering from considerable nerve damage. He responds even to light auditory stimulus, suggesting minimal loss of hearing. Corneal clouding has made intraocular examination difficult, to say nothing of the thrashing. That said, I note extreme dilation with minimal pupillary response. If he sees me at all, it can't be well. Were I a concerned loved one, I would in this moment be overcome with joy. This miracle of new life might lead me to embrace the patient, at which point his reptilian impulses, inflamed by the virus, would overtake him, leading to another exposure and possible infection. Or simply murder by cannibalism. I shall wait until he calms before conducting the post-infection interview. He is, after all, salivating. Case 001, Addendum A, continued. Time, 1329. Temperature has risen, but is still hypothermic at 32 degrees centigrade. Blood pressure, 147 over 103, at 184 beats per minute. I have never seen a body under such strain that did not come with a commensurate increase in body heat, or death for that matter. Prolonged dehydration and forced salivary responses resulted in a thick, foamy development on the mouth. This, coupled with bloody vomitus and leakage of peripheral edema, would make any breakage in the skin or exposed mucous membrane a potential point of infection, whether or not inflicted by the patient. If he could, he would kill me now. But by not providing care, I am killing him. Damn you. Can you tell me your name? Do you know where you are? Say anything to me, Varnal. Anything. Still a chance. This could go on for hours. 
Case number 001, Addendum A, concludes. Tenth of Tishok. Time, 09.39. Approximately 51 hours, 13 minutes after initial infection, patient 12 has succumbed to Mavetaviridae revericol. Blood loss from self-inflicted wounds upon the wrists, neck and tongue. Tachycardia, hypothermia and dehydration led to the collapse of the cardiovascular system and nervous system. Cause of death, cardiac arrest. I am so sorry, my friend. Autopsy notes will be supplied in writing, along with samples contained in heat-negative biotic cultivar. I do not wish to record this. Thank you so much for listening to this addendum of The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine. Written, edited, and directed by myself, Zachary Golden, in cooperation with Slapdash Studios and Realm FM. These episodes will be released between full cases as they come to me. Sometimes there'll be journal entries, autopsies, additional details, or even interviews. Case number 002, The Hounds of Nistrad Keep, will air on the 1st of February but I will endeavor to release an addendum every week until then. If you enjoy this short content, consider joining the Patreon by going to thorb.info. There I'll be releasing even more bonus episodes, including Radolf's lectures and treatises on subjects such as history, geography, and politics of the world of Thorb, as well as responses from the Institute, research notes on samples, and even lessons on biotics, eldritch secrets, and the true nature of the divine. This first week has been amazing, and I cannot thank you enough for listening. If you have an opportunity, please consider sharing this show with your friends and communities and leaving us a five-star review. These two things are unbelievably important, and they're the number one ways to see success in a new podcast. I have enjoyed every single moment of making this show, and I hope to continue making it for a long time to come. Thank you again, dear stranger.